The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And today, Samoa Joe returns to TIJ, and he's officially with the WWE main roster. He's going to talk all about his journey to the WWE from his TNA departure, which is when we spoke to him last time, to signing with NXT, to finally making his WWE debut. He's got some tremendous stories about his first day at WWE TV. He's also talking about his days at the Enoki Dojo in Los Angeles, where he helped out, and when he worked with Shinsuke Nakamura in the early days of his career, taking him out to the bar to have a couple beers. Joe also brought TJ Perkins and Daniel Bryan to the dojo as well. Uh, Samoa Joe, he's also a huge Godzilla fan which I love, and he's also the only WWE wrestler that's Samoan that's not related to all the other Samoans. <laughs> and he's coming up, but first we're going to talk about another training facility and performance center, not just the Noki Dojo. I want to talk about the DDP Yoga Performance Center in Smyrna, Georgia, which is where we just filmed the new Fozzie video, by the way, and you're going to love it. It comes out very, very soon. Uh, but DDP's uh, Performance Center is state-of-the-art. You don't have to live in Smyrna to enjoy all the benefits of DDP Yoga. You can get the DDP Yoga Now app and do live workouts from the Performance Center wherever you happen to be. And I can't say it enough, DDP Yoga is an amazing program that truly gets results. And that's probably because it's so much more than just a workout. It's a path to healthier living. You got the actual workouts, which you can do anywhere right from your smartphone or tablet. Thanks to the DDP Yoga Now app. He's giving you nutrition tips, cooking tips, a way to track your progress. He's also loaded up his own brand of motivation that you can access anytime on the app. And right now, he's also giving you 20% off the DDP Yoga Now app and all DDPY related match when you go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. You guys have heard me talk about what DDP Yoga has done for me, and I'm going to be doing DDP Yoga on the upcoming Judas Rising Tour. Uh, you know, I love to do that when I'm on the Fozzie Tour bus, when I'm backstage in the dress room. It keeps me uh, nimble. It keeps me uh, keeps me sane. I love DDP Yoga, and that's why I have the, uh, the app on my phone, so I can do DDP Yoga anytime, anywhere, any place on the bus, backstage at the venue, in my hotel room, outside on the front lawn, whatever. I just open up the app and get to work. So, take advantage of the deal that DDP is offering, 20% off the DDP Yoga Now app and all related merch at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's 20% off hats, t-shirts, heart monitors, yoga mats, so much more. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get in the best shape of your life physically and mentally and do it today. Talk is Jericho. 
Okay, so I usually uh, didn't have any small talk today with with Samoa Joe. No, returning Samoa we don't Joe need because small talk, do we? you had the same problem yeah, that I, I had here in Champaign, Illinois. Explain, yeah. explain your issues. There's this, um, I, you know, I think the best description is a son of a bitch <laughs> security guard who's at the top of the ramp there, and uh, he's uh, takes his job very seriously. Mm-hmm. I will give that to him uh, a little too seriously. Would not allow any of the cars. To pass his magic gates. Now, let me uh, add to this. There's, please, please. There's they do a little scenario. Dozens, painting. possibly a hundred. Probably a hundred. Screaming fans. Right at the gate. Right at the gate. So as soon as you pull up at the top of the ramp, there's yeah. a gate. Yeah. And he's in his little, like, toll booth wheelie. I'm coming yeah, out of yeah. the booth. Coming out of the booth. So when you stop, everyone's chanting, like, hey, you know, Smojo, yeah. or like, Y2J. And so this guy comes over. Yeah. I roll my window down. He's like, Yes. Chronic smoker. Old as fuck. Old dude, right? <laughs> I'll say he could be about old as fuck. Yeah. He looked like he was probably 60, but looked like he was 70 or 80. Yeah. With the bad teeth and just the wrinkled, leathery skin. Yeah. And He's made some bad life choices. He has. And one of them not letting us in because he's like, can I help you? And I'm like, yeah. I'm, uh, he goes, you're a wrestler? I'm like, it would appear so as people are chanting Y2J. Yeah. A little girl's trying to get to the car to get a, an autograph. People, Joe is going to kill you. Was uh, <laughs> it was sung in a manner close to a choir hymn, right? In my background, as the guy came up and asked me, "So you're a wrestler, right?" <laughs> but then he goes, "You know, do you have a pass?" Yeah. Now I don't know if I was absent that day yeah. uh, from WWE. I went to school. a few orientations. I don't remember this part of the course. Never either. once. Yeah. Ever have we ever been issued any sort of pass? Yeah. Which would sell me to say we don't have passes. He goes, you need a pass. I'm like, no offense, sir, but the people here, it's obvious I'm a yeah. rest. I'm not lying to you. Yeah. They're cheering and chanting and screaming. And then he goes, well, you got to hold on. I don't know if there's any room down there now. <laughs> so then he goes back to his little toll booth, Willie booth, yeah. and then he ch- checks and is like, opens the gate. I drive down. There's nothing but room. There's yeah, like yeah. Thousand it, it is a spacious, open space area, yeah. garage. So how did he finally let you down? So uh, I, I, I had driven up and, and uh, <laughs> he had kind of given me the same. And I was actually one of three cars stacked up at the gate. Okay. And uh, a few of the baby faces were being quite uh, living up to their moniker, I guess, and going out there. And, and you know, they had to meet the fans. Cause oh, obviously, so they're shaking hands. And you know, and kissing babies and right. all that good stuff. Uh, thankfully, uh, I despise everybody, so I did not have yes, that you don't same have affliction. Do that. But, uh, yeah, he kept us up there, and finally he's like, well, I just, I, I need to get on the walkie-talkie. And I, and, and I go, well, get on the walkie-talkie right now. I don't think there's a limit on use of the walkie-talkie. I don't think you have any minutes you're burned in there, buddy. Yeah. We've got limited minutes on this walkie-talkie. And uh, my passenger uh, you know, uh, exclaimed. I won't say he didn't shout, but he exclaimed. He goes, come on, man. This is ridiculous. And he exclaimed it in kind of a general tone to which he snapped back Ooh. in a very harsh, hostile tone. He was like, Wah-la-la. and he started kind of yelling, and I stopped him halfway. I go, listen, uh, you don't need to yell. There's nobody yelled at you, and I think you're being a little ridiculous right now. And uh-huh. you know, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna take a little break here. We're gonna calm down a little bit. I go, why don't you go into your booth, his magical booth, and why don't you uh, call down there and let's let's see what the situation is. I think you can be pretty proactive on this and try to get us down there as quickly as possible. And uh, 
inevitably, I think he kind of gave in and realized he was being a little bit ridiculous. And, and once again, I mean, and nothing against the fine people of Champaign, Illinois. No. We're in Champaign, Illinois. We're not trying to get into Fort Knox. No, no, no. The, it's, it's, it's an arena. If Fort Knox is looking for a security guard, I know the <laughs> guy they need to hire. <laughs> it's this guy. Because if he guards the Champaign loading dock as well as he does Fort Knox, this country's not losing any gold. We got it. And, and that's the thing. It's like he's acting like, like he's doing us a favor yeah. by letting us down. And once again, like this special like, double secret security clearance. People here cheering. You know? yeah. I heard a story once where Nico McBrain, the drummer of Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. pulled up to like the PNC Arts Center, like a uh, amphitheater, and yep. they wouldn't let him in because he didn't have a pass. So he just started driving and basically ran the... Yeah, to, ran the to, checkpoint. Ran the checkpoint person over and had to like go to court and all that stuff. But I can understand. I wanted to run this guy over, except for he was too busy in his booth yeah. not letting me in. I, I, I wouldn't have just because I figured he's bound to go any minute. I just was letting him live out his last days. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a lot of time left, yeah. so let him in fact, in fact, the only thing that really froze me there was because I was like, this guy has seen some stuff. He's just yeah. he's been around so long. I, don't, I almost don't want to mess with him. I mean, he's having like a Led Zeppelin flashback yeah, yeah, yeah. from the yeah. 70s when he was guarding Madison Square Garden <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> but it's great uh, that you're, uh, you know, we're here in Champaign, Illinois with Shmo- Samoa Joe. Shmo Joe, Shmo- that's what Shmo- I was going to say. Shmo Joe is actually here on the main roster in yes, the WWE. And the last time we spoke, which was uh, at my house a couple years ago, I think it was pre WWE. You had just left TNA, and yep. then kind of the the world was your oyster. Yeah, not sure exactly what you were going to do. Yeah, and now you're finally here. Yeah, it's crazy how that worked out. Because so, it first started out with you getting signed to NXT as just an NXT guy. Or yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think the, I think the initial idea was let's just bring him in just for NXT. And uh, we got such a good response with everything, and that it kind of really blew up beyond that. And you know, here I am in the main roster. But wh- why would it only be just for NXT? Because let's face it; I mean, Samoa Joe, pretty big name, great worker, proven money draw, one of the few in TNA. What was the the, the hesitation to just have you come up instantly? I think it was a cultural thing here in, in WWE. How do you I mean? Think, I think that for a long time. Um, kind of past TNA projects that they had brought in hadn't done well. Hmm. And uh, I think there was a, a major push in the company that says, like, we're going to build guys from scratch um, on our own. They had put a tremendous amount of money into the to the, the PC and, and the Performance Center, which is, you know, producing great talent. Right. So, you know, it was kind of like, you know, hey, this, this is a guy who can help us build NXT into a brand, but maybe not necessarily be something that... And, and really, I mean, in... in I guess, you know, to the company's credit, it wasn't something that was kind of set in stone. It was just kind of like the, the, the scenario that was laid out before me was like, listen, um, we can use you here in NXT, but we don't really think that um, it'll go much beyond that. Hmm. And uh, But at the same time, you know, it's kind of a little bit of self, like having enough confidence in yourself knowing that, yeah, you're going to let me NXT and trust me, I'll, I'll show you why right, right, it'll right. work on a bigger stage. So, um, yeah, I, I really, I really wasn't worried, you know, like it was kind of a foot in the door, in the door deal. And, um, I had a lot of good people rooting for me at the time. So, um, so well, I, I think the same thing happened with Kevin Owens when he first came in there. He's, he was told the same thing, like, you know, we're bringing in NXT, but there's no promises. You're going to make it to the main roster. But yeah. Obviously, you know how good you are and what you can do. So. Yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest thing is like, um, I don't mind being underpromised. I really despise being overpromised, mm. and I think uh, I think people who have had that happen to them can really appreciate that in their career because uh, mm-hmm. you know you'll you'll get you'll work for people or, or you'll work with people who will sit there and they will you know promise you the world and 
they can't deliver. So if if you if you underpromise, it's almost as if, hey, listen, this is what I can give you, but anything over that, you know, you're you're kind of overachieving in a sense. Right, so, right. Um, you know, and, and that was definitely my relationship with 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 Hunter when he first asked me to come in was that you know, he he didn't promise me anything, mm-hmm. very 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 little as a matter of fact. But as a uh, I kept going to NXT and, and uh, kept working with the company and having uh, a pretty good relationship with the company it grew beyond that so i mean i can appreciate that did he call you or were you calling uh it was it was kind of a series it was weird it was uh it it was definitely like kind of something that kind of happened through a network i think the first contact i made was i had dropped paul Heyman a message Mm -hmm. on twitter (laughs) and just and and like you know i've known paul for a good number of years and i just said hey man you know I'm, i'm not on paper anywhere and um just wanted to pick your brain and see what you thought, uh, you know, how, you know about some of the, some of the th- things that I thought I could do and how I should proceed. And uh, you know, immediately, Paul, if you, if you know Paul, you went right into action. You know, oh, you know, who's uh, Samoa Joe? Yeah, 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 Paul, your yeah. generation or any other. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, Paul went into overdrive, and and uh, from there, like I didn't really have a lay of the land as far as who uh, was in the office, who who headed up talent relations, who was even doing anything over here anymore, because I just been so disconnected. Right. For for about a decade, you know, just really kind of word of mouth hearing so and so. But I, I, you know, like I said, I didn't know who the head of TR was. I didn't know who, um, you know, called the shots anymore because things had changed so drastically within the nine years mm-hmm. that you know I'd kind of been with TNA. And uh, you know, it's like, well, who do you know? And I, I think my next conversation was Joey Mercury, who kind of contacted me. He was like, "Hey, man, are you done? You know, with TNA? Mm-hmm. Yeah." And, and I've known Joey for years. You know, back when I was in ROH and from there road dog and a bunch of other guys and i think uh enough people got in hunter's ear where he was just like well you know let's have a meeting and let's talk about it so we set a meeting and sat down talked about it and it kind of went from there because this was before aj had come yeah well before aj well before anybody had come and uh you know it was really kind of in a way it was kind of like new ground for the company and for me and nobody really who was in my position had made overtures to the company mm-hmm. and, and really they kind of like written a lot of us off just, just, and, and I, I don't, I don't think it was out of malice or spite. I think it was just, they had an edict they wanted to follow and I get that, but you know, it was just, it wasn't something that they thought it was a possibility, but I think Hunter kind of saw the possibility that a lot of other people didn't and it kind of started from there. Yeah. Cause you kind of had the TNA stamp. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? it, and, and, and that was the thing, you know, I, I think they didn't want to sit there and, rely on people who had done things in other places they wanted people to be built and made in the in the realm of right. WWE, which you know like i said i can understand it you know I, I may have not necessarily agreed with it but i could get where they were coming from it has kind of changed over the years now because the last couple of years especially Absolutely. where they have gone and gotten guys aj the club um, sure kevin bobby Sandy, Rude, kevin Sandy. Seth, yeah you know, all those guys yeah bobby yeah. eric young all those kind of guys right so it's yeah so i mean it's the the edict has definitely been been modified and adjusted, and if I help to do that, then that's awesome. When you first go to uh, NXT, and uh, is is it like, are you working the Largo shows and the those type of shows? No, like- uh, no. Originally, I remember my my first meeting with Hunter. I think one of the first things out of the mouth was like, "Hey, listen, I'm not going to sit here and pay you to train." <laughs> Which you know, I got it. You know, I, I you know, and I think I would have just you know because I, I believe in showing good faith. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you if, if you believe that you're good enough to 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 do something, you don't sweat the small stuff. And that was 
mm-hmm. small stuff, you know. And uh, it was literally like, oh, you know, hey, listen, we got we got a bunch of road shows coming up, and I think that you know he really wanted to keep the the buzz about the road shows and going out of Florida, you know, really high. So he you know, we'll bring you in for those. We'll bring you in for TVs, and uh, you can work wherever else you want. So you kind of choosing and picking. The oh yeah, you know, and, and and it was basically a deal where like you know I kind of gave them my calendar, cleared the dates with them, they got first choice, and then gotcha. I went from there, so it was nice. So you were working mostly like kind of the, the out-of-state out shows that were the yeah. bigger ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, and it's funny, because, like, and I think you can attest to this, too. It's like, you know, I work every other week, and I got tons of time off, and I make a decent wage. Yeah. yeah. That, that didn't sound bad to me at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm in, you know. Because like, they would have, like, split crews, Split crews, right? yeah. Because uh, whenever we're on the road, they're running – you know what they affectionately call the coconut loop which is like you know around florida mm-hmm. which i think are which are awesome shows because like it's it's shows where you get to see guys debut and and you right. know start to do their thing and, and younger guys and stuff like that but then like you know as the kind of relationship grew and i signed full time with wwe like uh you know i had no qualms about like if, if bloom or hunter asked me like hey could you work this weekend but work with this specific guy like no no way jose was a guy that they had me work with a lot and and, and with the idea behind it being you know give this guy some big match experience with with the talent that's like kind of been there and like work with them and and i had no issue with that whatsoever because i mean he was a guy him mojo guys like that who were like putting in supreme effort so Mm -hmm. it was like if, if i could help that along like awesome like yeah i'll drive over to Largo. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it makes you more valuable too. And it's kind of one of the reasons why not so much now, but why you went to NXT mm-hmm. is to help kind of the younger guys. No, and, 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 and I, and I, and I dug it. Cause like, uh, it's different when you have a bunch of like guys with like really bad attitudes mm-hmm. Then I think I'd be like, huh, oh, whatever. But like, these were all guys with like really great attitudes who are like trying to be better and trying to do things and elevate their game and, and get along. So for me, it, I think by osmosis, it kind of like charged me up because it was like that enthusiasm and energy kind of like recharged me. It was like, oh, it's been so long since I've been around this, not the usual grizzled <laughs> yeah. hacks that we all uh, <laughs> well, hang out with on a regular basis. And now, it was the first time you'd ever been in WWE too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's kind of like a whole new experience too because it's uh, – yeah, and, and you can attest to this. It's it's like this – it's a big operation. Mm-hmm. It's like with the tons of moving parts. And, you know, I think on your first day in WWE, you probably meet – 200 people yeah like legitimately Literally, like you're, yeah. the first time you walk through the halls in raw you're introduced to 200 people and you hope to remember like four people's names yeah and then as the weeks go on you slowly but surely start to you know pick up names but it's 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 like a it's a it's a whole deal man or you're like me we're 17 years later you're still not completely sure what yeah, yeah, yeah 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 because yeah. because it's not fair because you get introduced to people and then you don't want to ask them what your name is the yeah. next week so the next and it happens know. in a day it's not like <laughs> yeah, some like like slow progression of like oh and this is barry and alan and steve yeah. it's like like barry, in a day you know, it's like yeah this barry and alan steve and this so-and-so and this yeah. so-and-so oh hey nice to meet you i'm da and i run this and that oh yeah cool you know cool, yeah and there's still the guys that are around where i'm like hey dude yeah, Chief. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? God, hey, guy. I haven't seen him forever. <laughs> guy. But that is the case, though. You yeah. Know, like you said, the, 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 Matt and Jeff just came back, mm-hmm. and Matt, the first day, you know, he was like, they're taking pictures, and they got this, and they're doing merchandise, and he's like, you forget how much of a machine yeah. this whole thing really is. 
oh, I don't know how many times I've done that. Like somebody will come up to me with like this really important thing, like, hey, you know, we need shots for this promotional thing, and if, you know, some liners for the international tour, and we'll be over here, and da da da. It's great to see you again. I'll be like, y'all, it's great to see you again too. And I'll like lean over to you or somebody else and be like, hey, who, what, <laughs> who's he again? What is like? <laughs> I don't remember either. Oh, God, you're the worst. <laughs> That's what, like, you know, Elaine's idea that everyone should wear a name tag in Seinfeld. Uh, like, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I constantly try to look at guys like uh, their, 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 their hang tag. Yeah, but they put them all cool now. Like, oh, I put them on my waistband. And but I add, they actually have passes. We don't. Yeah, yeah, they, they ha- yeah with their name on them. Yeah. But like, but yeah, like I say, like, of course they've been in the game, so they don't want to wear a lanyard because that's like, oh, that's yeah. only, only the nerds wear lanyards. So they got them like clipped to their belt, their just waist, to, just, just uh, clipped to the keys. Yeah, all the like, keys it looks like I'm staring at everybody's crotch when I'm trying to like, sneak a look at their name. Hey, what's up there? <laughs> what are you looking down there? What? What? What are you talking about, talking about Steve? Man. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Listening to Talk is Jericho. All right, jumping back in with Samoa Joe. Uh, when you first got told you were getting called up to the WWE main roster, uh, was there any talk that maybe you weren't going to be Samoa Joe? No, no, that was no, always never. the case. It was always the case. I mean, yeah. I, well, and I tell guys too, like I, I had made the effort before I'd come here to like trademark my name and mm-hmm. and everything, which makes the process easier because it's like if I own it. Then it's easier for me to lease it to you know WWE or let them use it. Um, so uh, guys who don't own their names, you know, you're you don't own your. I don't care how long you've been under, you oh, don't yeah. own your name. You know, you're just it's not you. So. And they'll take it from you. Oh, they will. <laughs> you know, or or even like former employers. You know, like I've seen that be an issue where it's just like if oh well, that's ours and it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's not. But but, but it know. is kind of rare though. Like you know, back you know five ten years ago, you would never get to keep your name when you came here. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and 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 that was kind of a weird, like first, because I remember sitting down in the meeting and it was me, Canyon, and a few others, and I, and I think at the end of the meeting, which was good, you know, Canyon kind of mentioned like, hey, what are we going to call him, you know, because he he obviously wanted to get to work with the branding department, and get everything mm-hmm. figured out, and I remember you know Hunter kind of turned with his small Joe, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kind of looked at me, you on it, yeah, no, small Joe, you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. and and I kind of got the logic because it was like, you know, do we spend five months trying to rebrand this guy or? Five weeks, however many weeks, trying to ban him, or we start moving stuff right sure. out the gate, and he's branded and ready to go. Especially and, when everyone knows that name too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I have not worked under anything else, so right. Yeah, yeah. Up to that point, so if they change the name to like Dax Phoenix, yeah, yeah, it might be hard. <laughs> Dax, Phoenix. Dax Phoenix. I don't know where that came Dax. from. Dax. Dax is gonna we're, kill yeah, you. Dax is like a thing now. Like I hear it's that a now. name. I know. Yeah, it's like I, I know a couple. From. I actually know a couple Dax. Yeah. Yeah, um, when you were in uh, NXT, who were some of the guys that you like working with? You mentioned No Way Jose. Was there some other guys of that level that you worked with? Like younger guys, out? younger like, guys, um, for example, that you think have a chance to do really well? I mean, Ty Dillinger is definitely one of them, and just I think got called up. Yeah. Just got called up, and uh, I think uh, I didn't work much with them, but I got to spend a lot of time with them and like kick around ideas. I thought Jordan and Gable I, doesn't surprise me, right? How American well Alpha, mm-hmm. yeah. Finn, obviously. I mean, it, Finn, Finn and Nakamura, because they're just both guys that I've known forever. Yeah, were those guys that you worked with quite a bit? So I, I had never worked with Finn, mm. ever. I had never even stepped into a ring with them or, or wrestled him. 
ever uh outside of maybe like maybe something when he was in the la dojo just like a training thing the enoki dojo yeah, yeah. you were out there too yeah well, i opened it what are you talking about oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry brother come yeah. down <laughs> right easy there <laughs> but were you guys running new japan together though no no we weren't okay. we weren't because uh, gotcha. I, I just essentially worked for Nokia office when i was doing that which gotcha. is it's a whole other a weird political thing, yeah. weird nokia's not hierarchy. in new japan anymore. nokia's not in new japan but he runs it but he doesn't he doesn't and, yeah, yeah it's, it's, and it's, simon's it's, in there who's not really his yeah. son-in-law yeah, but Simon, he says he yeah, is. he's just, yeah, it's uh, it's very right. You so, know, anyways, very... <laughs> you open that that damn LA Dojo. Yeah, I opened that thing. Yeah, and Finn was there. And uh, uh, late, yeah, Finn was kind of a later acquisition. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, and we tell the story all the time. This first step off the plane, we they kind of timed it wrong, and I had my wedding that day. <laughs> and he ended up like walking straight from the plane to my wedding, like, and had a blast. So, uh, there you go. Fun story. We always kick <laughs> nice, around. yeah, for sure. Yeah, great, great, great photos from that too. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Finn Nakamura. Because that was the issue. Like I was, I, I talked to to Vince about both those guys uh-huh. about bringing them up a year before they got brought up. Yeah. Finn being one, and then Nakamura. I remember last summer I went and talked to him about Nakamura. So these guys are down there for for way longer than they maybe should have been. Mm-hmm. How long were you in NXT for? I want to say a l- almost close to two years. Okay, so you were down there a long time too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think I think a part of that was to. It was a part about driving the brand, and I think that was kind of the issue with myself, Finn, and Nakamura was that you know we were these kind of mainstays that you know was a touring brand at this point, and uh, it was like you know I felt they kind of needed us, Bailey. You know, I think there's another. She was there a long time too. Yeah. You know, uh, just it was it was what people kind of showed up and paid to see. So. Mm so to continue drawing they needed you guys down there almost until they you know like i said it's it's a really i I don't envy the job that they have down there because it's like now we've we've got it to nxc's at a level now where it is a third touring brand within Mm -hmm. the wwe spectrum and you have to now produce new talent that you know have the risk of being gone I liken it to like you know like you know like uh, at times like a, a Ring of Honor or, or a sure, you know, ECW used to be an that ECW way. where it's like you know you would build these huge stars but eventually you know um, opportunity comes calling and now you have to well start from scratch you know? especially since NXT the, the original idea I don't want to use the word minor leagues but it was yeah. a, a feeder system yeah absolutely for WWE but yeah. then suddenly it became a viable like you said third turn brand so yeah. Joe and Nakamura and Finn are there maybe a little longer than they would have been in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to keep drawing. But I, I think I think part of that too is I think it's a good it's a good backstory for a lot of guys too. I, th- mm-hmm. I think some guys benefit from that time because being down there when you are brought up here there is more of a familiarity with the, with the at least the more core fan base of WWE and you can build off of that and you know uh, kind of take it into Raw and SmackDown and Now when you tour it. with NXT you guys get like a bus oh yeah I, that see that you know the deal like that's <laughs> yeah I, I actually remember another conversation where he's like you know hey listen if you want to drive you know we understand but uh you know we have a bus if you want to jump on the bus it's no big deal i'm like wait wait, wait, wait. tour bus yeah yeah you know we take care of the hotels and you know there's wait, wait so you want to you know put me up in really five-star hotels and put me on a tour bus oh, i guess all right you're twisting my arm here that's what I'll do it. You win. Sometimes I see that in the old school uh, grizzled y- y- old vet. And yeah. He goes, look at these punks, these rookies riding yeah. in buses and staying in hotels. They're not learning. If I was driving like parallel to that, I totally would have been that way. Yeah. But at that point, I was just like, yeah, hey, this is <laughs> this is comfy. Do they have a DVD player? Blu-ray? All right. Awesome. Wow, yeah. nice. <laughs> then you start getting angry. Like, 
Why are you talking about? They don't have full metal jacket. Yeah, this what? is ridiculous. Get out of here! Come on, boo! <laughs> <laughs> so that would be like, do, 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 would you, you fly into a town and they, they they pick you up at the airport, or do you meet at the oh, gas yeah. station? Like no, directly at the airport. Pick up from the airport, straight to the hotel, Damn, straight dude. to the venue. Yeah, you know the deal. Is like, I, I was about it. I was like, I was in. I wouldn't want to come up here. Yeah, yeah. Case, yeah. Hey, know? listen. <laughs> I'm not saying there was apprehension. I was just saying there was a great appreciation for the situation I was in. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Nakamura. How he's 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 such a phenomenon mm-hmm. with his charisma, and the fact that no one has hardly even seen him on the main roster. He's already getting super reactions. He did yep. from the moment he showed up at NXT. Maybe the first of his kind, a Japanese guy coming into America and just having this reaction right off the bat. I think, uh, I think, I think for that kind of reaction, what he's getting, I think it is for the first time for a Japanese athlete. I agree. I think, I think the closest comparison you can make is Muda. Yeah. Um, th- that had like like blockbuster success. That presence in, but in, in had, the Muda Western always world. Always had uh, you know like Gary Hart as his manager. Yeah, or something. he always had a mouthpiece and and the mist and it right. Was, and I mean, he just he just moves cool. But I think that's a lot of that shared with Nakamura, where they just have a a very um, unique body charisma to them mm-hmm. outside of just having like you know the normal charisma i mean they, they communicate so much just with what they do and his movements yeah and- it's just and I, it's it's and it's the uh ever present tangible and i think that you know he has it in spades so that x factor right? yeah absolutely i worked with him last year in, in tokyo at the sumo arena and i really enjoyed working with him. he doesn't like i say he doesn't do a lot but he doesn't do a lot it's all in his body movement, his motion charisma. He does a lot of knee. Most of his offense is knee, knee strikes, strikes yeah. which I, and I just really thought, uh, like, what a, what an easy guy to work with because he's so over. But what he does looks great. Yeah. But I thought, like, man, this is this is because uh, you worked with him quite a bit in NXT, right? A ton. Like, maybe uh, even your last match. And, and like, I've known him forever, so it was awesome because I, I mean, prior to him being in NXT, I had known him when he first broke in to New Japan and had just started wrestling and they then they had really high hopes for him. I remember, you know, he was kind of like they used to send over like a, a class of, of young boys to train, but then like they had special projects. And the only two special projects that they ever sent over, one was Leoto Machida, who went on to UFC and you know, champion and then, you know, has a fantastic MMA career. And the other special project was was Nakamura. Hmm. So um and so they, they had huge hopes for him like really, really early on. And, uh, you know, the, it's funny, uh, Anoki has a way of kind of having a feel for guys. And I think that, uh, I, I'm not, not, not necessarily that he like scouted him, but I know that when Anoki saw him, he was like, oh yeah, he's, he's one of the, hmm. he's one of those special few. So I think when you've been around a long time, you can start to pick guys out right away. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. just kind of get that vibe off of them. And I think you and I can, you know, see a guy work or mm-hmm. see how a guy carries himself and kind of pick you up. Just know there's something yeah, extra there's there. something there, you know. Tell me a little more about the Inoki Dojo. I'm assuming that, you, that when you meant the special projects, they're sending them from Japan to L.A. Yeah, yeah. So were so, you a trainer there? Or like, tell me the whole backstory well, of that. The I don't whole know. backstory was it was actually started by initially by Justin McCauley. He was an, uh, he's an ex-UFC fighter and Simon Inoki. And uh, they needed a pro wrestling component to him to it so uh and i was really good friends with justin so at the time he had asked me he's like hey listen we're building this place out can you come on and help out so i'd come on we had uh built this beautiful facility i mean honestly uh, outside of the performance center was probably the best um you know training Training. facility i mean as far as like what it had and what was going on there um outside of you know like i said Mm -hmm. the the performance center when i gave the performance center i was like all right that's that's pretty impressive you know (laughs) but uh and uh, from there, I had brought in um, uh, Ricky Reyes and Rocky Romero. Uh, Rocky Romero still works with New Japan. 
and I brought them in. And T.J. Perkins, actually, oh, who, uh, was too, right? yeah. who kind of who was really young in the business, had just just again started out. But I mean, he's a young guy, a lot of promise, and he worked real hard. And then uh, later on, I had asked, I was like, "Hey, look, we have this awesome guy up north." who's incredible and I think he'd fit in well here and they go oh, yeah bring him in it was Brian Danielson mm. Daniel Bryan sure the later to become Daniel Bryan so so you had worked with him before I I'd, yeah, I'd worked a ton with Brian so, so you're bringing him down to do what to maybe to, to actually become part of the dojo because at this time he hadn't even worked in New Japan to yet. groom him for Japan yeah to groom him for New Japan so uh, we brought in Daniel Bryan and then um you know the, the the foundation of the dojo was was that it was us, and then from then uh, I think uh, later on, uh, Dave Marquez came on as an office worker, and uh, he started doing some scouting at an NWA show, and that led to uh, Finn Balor being brought in. Mm. And uh, but the, the the idea was it was a parallel because there were no learning excursions to the United States anymore, and a big thing in Japanese wrestling is. Young boys come up, they train, they debut, and then they're sent on a learning excursion. Liger was sent to Mexico and the United States, or Mexico and Canada. England and Eng- Canada. England yeah. and Canada. Uh, Hashimoto was sent to Canada. Mm-hmm. Calgary, uh, Stampede Wrestling was a Stampede big Stampede in Calgary, place. yeah. And uh, so th- that's a big part of the training. So after they come back from these excursions, they come back these more complete performers, and then they're kind of given a little steam behind them. And Plus they're, they're sent away as young boys. Yeah, and, and they when come, they come back, back, men. Yes, they're men, yeah. They go on a great pilgrimage, <laughs> a warrior's journey. It's a very romanticized process. And it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, and so they didn't really have that in the States anymore because there was no uh, territories anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, they sent like they would send groups of young boys over. And like I said, the two special projects were Lyoto Machida and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. But Machida not for New Japan? New- Lyoto was more for Anoki office because Who does they were grooming him to be a fighter. Gotcha. Um, but, of course, Anoki wanted him to have some pro wrestling appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lyoto, I think, you know, just wanted to fight. And I... I don't blame him because it worked yeah. out well for him, you know. Uh, so when they bring all the Japanese guys over, they, are they living at the dojo as well? So yeah, they, we had an apartment. It was in Santa Monica. So uh, well, w- the deal was the Americans actually lived at the dojo. So it was like Brian and and not Ricky and Rocky, but we had a few people, other guys there who would live at the dojo. Uh, Sarah uh, Del Rey, who's now a, a head trainer at yeah. uh, the Performance Center, she was also a, a dojo uh, alumnus. Uh, <laughs> so they would live at the dojo and train every day, and, and you know, were kind of responsible for keeping it keeping it up and stuff. And then the Japanese would come in; they'd have an apartment for them, and a couple. They had a couple apartments. So one would be for the regular young boys, and then there would be like a second apartment for either like you know uh, a guest New Japan trainer with like Makabe or you know or Lyoto or, or Shinsuke. Would you ever take the Japanese guys out? Was that part oh, of your all the time? <laughs> Where would you guys go? Oh, I, mostly around LA and Santa Monica, yeah. you know, just like, cause I mean, honestly it's, it's a rough, I mean the, the dojo sessions and how they run stuff, you know, we'd still run a Japanese style. So it was a rough go. So, but I mean, what, what the Japanese way is whatever you temper with, you know, however hard you work, well, you, you know, you party, you know, a little bit harder, blow off steam. So we take them out, have a great time. And I mean, it was funny. Uh, so when Shinsuke first signed with the WWE, uh, everybody was posting all these pictures of them and Shinsuke together. Like, oh, I met him here, I met him here. And I have tons of pictures of me and Shinsuke together. Unfortunately, it's all of me and Shinsuke like blitzed in different parts of the world. Like, like pictures are really not fit for public consumption, so I couldn't really post anything in support. He's a total rocker, isn't he? Oh, he's a rock star. Yeah, yeah he just he's about it. Like, he just wants to get out there and have a good time. When I uh, had him on my show... Um, which was funny because I told Vince that I had him on my show. He goes, you speak English? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he speaks really good English. But all Shinsuke was talking about is he just wants to go surfing. He does. And you know what? When we did the about. Australia tour, he surfed 
in damn near every town that was on a coast. NXT we Australia. Oh yeah, yeah, it wow. was great. It was it was awesome because he like he'd run in and he'd get there and then like I'd see him like frantically like like clicking around his phone like what are you doing? He's like ah looking for a surf shop. You know like <laughs> he'd find a store he'd he'd get a board. And go and hit it and hit out and it was just you had a blast. You're an island kid, a California. Oh, I, kid. No, I can, can appreciate you, it. I was can like, you surf. I can bodyboard. I can't surf anymore. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, yeah, because I lived in Huntington Beach, it was Surf City, USA. I mean, All the time, yeah. yeah. You skip second period, you go surf. That was how it worked out, you know. <laughs> like, you know a place called the Second Floor in Huntington Beach. Oh yeah, yeah. I hang out there all the time with yeah. uh, Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, I've never been to the Second Floor where I didn't uh, pretty much pass out in the seat somewhere. I don't yeah, know if yeah. what's in that in the it's booze a, it's there the vibe or yeah. You know, close to the ocean. Yeah, yeah, it's the seawater. Yeah, it's the sea air. <laughs> That's what that it was. sweet briny sea air. Gives that sailor's <laughs> the, headache. The briny sea air. <laughs> is is the uh, Enoki Dojo still there? No, no, no. I think it closed a, a number of years ago. But uh, it was it, it, honestly, it, in all fairness, it was kind of an experiment. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's funny how many people that were there went on to like really achieve sure. pretty monumental heights. Just those names that you gave right there just yeah. on the short list. Yeah. And I mean I mean and, and it's just it's something that it's funny to see them where they are now because I mean everybody that pretty much set foot in that place, you know, went on to greater things. Mm-hmm. Were you working in New Japan? No, no, never. Yeah, that's weird that they wouldn't have brought well, you. And like in. I said, because I was an Oki office, I wasn't New Japan. That's yeah, part of that yeah, weird yeah, right. uh hierarchy yeah, you're of disqualified. Yeah. yeah. You were working for Zero One, though. Yeah, Zero One, which was a uh, Hashimoto's company. Did you ever work with Hashimoto? All the time. You guys are very similar. Body yeah, type he, I, I, sideburns. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you taught me sideburns are to be embraced, and loved. No, uh, he, yeah, he's a. Uh, he was he was kind of like my first like big boss as far as in the business, and uh, like he's a guy that like he taught me a lot in presence because like you don't really get it. I think I think when you're coming up as a wrestler, you don't really understand how much presence really means uh and when you're out there in the ring mm-hmm. and uh he was a guy that like if you saw him outside the ring you thought he was a jolly happy like chubby business guy who just got you know yeah chubby elvis in person ch- yeah chubby elvis in person, chain smoked you know like yeah. whatever but then he'd get in the ring and he just he transformed into something <laughs> completely different yeah and uh that audience it was it was it was tangible in the audience like this this vibe that he gave off and like you know, it's funny. Like they call me the destroyer now. I mean, that was like you know, he was the king of destruction. That was his original <laughs> like nickname. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're out there and you were in there, like he was the king of destruction. So it, it made me realize like it, it, I, there was a lot of nuanced points that he brought out to me really early in my career that like really resonated and made sense as far as like how to carry yourself in a ring and how to exude a certain uh, persona about yourself. Just through the course of this conversation, I can see it. I never noticed before, but we just happened to mention that. It's like there is there is some Hashimoto in you. Oh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there is. I mean, yeah. I've been kicked in the head by that guy too many times for there not to be. Guys, kicks are the worst. I've him a couple of times. <laughs> the stomp off the ropes. The it was st- rough. Double stomp yeah. the stomach. That's a, that's a squirter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna squirt some uh, Hershey yeah. squirts there, and then the kicks to the chest are yeah. just so strong. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they were baseball bats. They were no fun. What did he pass away from? I think a brain aneurysm, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how hard those guys go, though. I mean, it's just like if you take like the atypical workaholic, and then you couple it with our lifestyle, lack of rest, sleep, traveling all the time, and the right. bumps and the bruises. It's just, it's. Over there, it was a cocktail for just that happening. I think, yeah, I think you can see that with a lot of the guys that yeah. had that. You know what I mean? Especially later on in their careers. I mean, it's just, it gets, right. gets rough. Did you um, – so, so what, 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 where were you at when you finally found out you were getting the call to come up to the WWE? Was it something that had been brewing for a while? or was uh, it-, it's, it was kind of like the uh, – I think at a certain point, it kind of became like an unspoken thing. 
And then I remember, I want to say, going uh, probably after Toronto, and take over Toronto, um, it was mentioned to me. I was like, hey, listen, uh, there's probably going to be some opportunities for you elsewhere. And elsewhere, you know, you know, it's like, <laughs> what am I getting fired? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? Antarctica? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so just uh, be ready. So I was like, all right, cool. So I mean, just kind of played it by ear from there. And then I really didn't learn about the official debut until probably a day before the Rumble. And then the kind of plan was laid out to me. So, which was the day after the Rumble, right? Uh, no, was, no, the day before the Rumble, they were kind of – because nope. we did the takeover. Okay, right. Which I, I wasn't on, and then uh, it was kind of like laid out to me, like, hey, this is what you're doing here this weekend. So, But I can't remember, did you – And then I debuted the day after the Rumble. Yeah, after the Rumble, right, right. Yeah, you yeah. weren't actually in the yeah. Rumble. Because I remember everyone was all pissed off. I was like, no, someone joined the Rumble, yeah. and so-and-so didn't win. This all sucks. Yeah, everything's – ah, I hit everything. <laughs> and then the next day, yeah. Which is just – it's kind of surreal just kind of being on the other side of that, like on the outside looking at that, like just like – all right, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To know that pe- people were expecting you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was bad. like, all right, cool. I didn't really realize, but okay, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like when when you're in NXT, I mean, the, the fan base there is so large, especially amongst hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. Like they knew exactly what you were doing the whole time, just waiting for the big, yeah, yeah. Big, and, and, and I think that's part of the kind of the fun connection of NXT to here because it's just mm-hmm. like it builds an anticipation, you know. So when it, did you have your first meeting with Vince? Um, I I I don't know. We haven't really had a sit down meeting yet. Mm. You know, we've we've we've, we talk in passing and like, but I'm real like I'm not big on like having real long drawn out conversations. And I guess maybe that's my detriment. Like I'm Mm. I'm really like I'll show up and be like, hey, what do we need? All right, cool. Right. And then I'm out the door. Like you know, like (laughs) let's go get it done. Like so, uh, but you know, you know, think like things move really really fast. So I mean, we 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 still have we have yet to have that big sit-down meeting yet which is good it must be liking what you're doing so far yeah i guess i heard uh, if you do have a meeting normally nine times out of yeah, ten it's not yeah. a good it's not a good thing compliments aren't uh, at a premium yeah yeah and I've, I've learned that too so i'm not yeah, yeah I'm, if uh, you're in trouble you'll hear about yeah, it yeah. Very briefly. <laughs> the one thing i really liked what they did with you is when you came in is was you started wearing a suit you know that yeah that, that kind of changed the vibe of your character which was funny because like it, i remember leading up to that i was like oh man should i have a suit I just, I just, so in the back of my head, I was just thinking about, it. I was like, should I, should I probably have, let's probably have a suit. And I'm like, ah, oh, they'll tell me. They, they, they tell me if I needed a suit. So, uh, the day that I, I no, the, the following week after, after I debuted, I, I was pondering that question and, and, uh, inevitably I went, ah, no, they, they would have called me by now. They would have told me. And then I get to the TV and Vince is like, do you have a suit? And it's like, no. I was like, well, get him a goddamn suit. You know? So <laughs> it was like, I ran out with one of the stage hands and got fitted. And, and oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, we paid Svetlana, this lovely lady, like, I mean, you know, normally she's used to doing like a week for alterations. It was like, we just kept throwing money at her till she was just like, all right, I'll have it done in two hours. You know, like, oh, that quickly. Yeah. Where'd, yes. you, where'd you go get the suit? Uh, we just went to the mall. We just found some like clothier <laughs> store and just like got the suit all done real fast. Classic WWE, right? We need yeah. a suit. Sure, sure. But we need it uh, in about two hours. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, to the stagehand's credit, it was awesome because he's just like, we really need this on today. Uh, oh, it's going to take me like a whole day. And then he just kept like dropping 20s. <laughs> Until finally, she's like, "Oh, maybe I can get something by like eight o'clock." Mm-hmm. We're for a segment, you know, like six. And, all right, two hours. You got. It. <laughs> were you uh, happy with the response that you got on your first night? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty. It was pretty trippy, man. It was. Uh, it, yeah, it was good. It was good. I think, uh, you know, we 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 got what we set out to accomplish. 
Who did you attack? Was it That's Seth? Seth, right, right, right. And I think you beat me up the next week. Yeah, I think I got you the next week. And yeah, you got me, man. You got me. Uh, that's what I, li- I like. I like. Like we've never been in the same locker room before. Met mm-hmm. in passing a few times. Yep. But it's it's cool to have you here because you're a lot like me. You mentioned like, what do you need? Let's yeah. make it work. If there's a question, I'll ask it. But if not, yeah. some of the guys here are not like that. We've put together some matches where there's well, we, 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 we've <laughs> talked about that in depth. Uh, yeah, like, you know, because I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I think uh, I, th- I think there's a certain – there's something to be said for artistry and for being creative. And there's something to be said for getting the job done. And I think it's – I try to strike that balance where it's like yeah, – And going over things too much. Yeah. And analyzing. And I think you lose analyzing. a little bit of the organic feel of it. I think the roughness of certain things gets lost in the shuffle when it's too rehearsed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I, I mean, like, you know, even as a musician, like – you know, some of the best some of the best things you'll ever hear will come out of a jam session, and it'll have an right. a, which has a, a a a direction, and it has a mission, but there isn't necessarily a, a path kind of drawn out. So I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of I kind of prescribed to that school of, but that's, of wrestling. But that's also the confidence of knowing that you can do it. You can get the job. Yeah, and, I, and that's that's a big that's a big point because it's it's like. You look around. I'm like I'm 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 in a ring with 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 you with with Hunter, Fergal, Kevin, Sammy. Yeah. Uh, I forgot who our other tag team partner was. Seth maybe Seth, six of us out Seth there. Seth yeah. was one. I, it's, it's been a big mix. We keep mixing people in and out, mm-hmm. and it's like. If you can't get it right with these people in the ring, then yeah. you're probably not going to get it right ever. I, I do, I do like that. Like, I, I think I, um, I would love it if every show there was one or two matches that they just flip flop right before you go out, yeah. even at the highest level, even the main yeah, event. Yeah, just be like, hey, let's just let's just do this, this, this yeah, again. Because I love the calling it in the ring element, yeah. but unless you're forced to do it, no one really does it. You yeah. Know? Well, because it's just it's uh, it's too chaotic. Like. Yeah. I, it's funny. I think at this point, even too, like I'm at the point where it's like, I, I would like you never want it to, but if it did blow up in your face, like it's like ah, well at least we gave it a shot. You know, like, <laughs> it's a little bit of a lesson for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about about, uh, about WrestleMania. You were there. We watched the Hardys entrance uh-huh. on our uh, yes, we did underneath the curtain or underneath the stage. Yeah, staring at the audience. Staring at the audience. Yeah, yeah at the back of the audience. Um, when you were a kid, were you a big WWE fan? I was uh, like I, I I don't want to say I was a fanatic, but I was definitely a fan. And it was funny because it was one of the few things me and my father could watch together. Hmm. Like we had different tastes in sports and teams. We had different tastes in television shows, everything else. But WWE was probably the one thing that like on a Saturday morning or uh, like a, a Monday night, Monday evening, like we could watch together. Mm-hmm. That like completely through, like. Nothing said Getting like and comfortably, you know. Right. Where it was like, you know, he didn't have some opinion about something. I was like, oh, you're, what are you talking about? You know, like, <laughs> or we'd argue or fight about something. So yeah, it was uh it was funny. I think that was kind of like the the weird, like unifying thing that like I dug about WWE. That it could bring your family yeah. together, yeah. right? Were you? Did you watch WrestleMania every year? Uh, I think I watched WrestleMania most years. Yeah. Um, when I got in the business, like, it's funny, you get this like like hardened shell, like oh I can. 
I can't be watching all these events. Like it's just it's, it's all you grow out of it eventually because you're like, no, you should watch whatever because it's, yeah. it's good to watch everything you can. But it's like when you first get started. No, I can't watch that. I'm I'm not. <laughs> I'm a wrestler now. They all this stuff. So, but uh, but it's funny because I go back now and I and I watch some of the stuff and I realize, damn, I shouldn't really miss that. That was pretty awesome. Because yeah. I, I was always like the type of guy like if I if I really wanted to go to WWE and let's say they had turned me down or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm not watching it. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch. Forget yeah. it. Ugh. Should, no, I don't mind watching those guys. Yeah. Forget it, you know. <laughs> and then finally go back. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'll check it out later. <laughs> who, are your, who are your favorites when you were a kid? So, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I probably bring them up consistently. I really dug Arn Anderson when I was a kid. Wow, I did. Of all the people, like, it was just weird. I, just, I, I, thought, I always thought he had cool stuff that like nobody else really did, and uh, like just just his movement was really like really explosive and really like you know because for the most part you know he kind of played. Uh, at times like an undersized like you know heel and yeah. you know bumped around a bunch but then he'd have these moments like the spine buster just it'd come out of nowhere and just he was a lot somebody. better I think than, than what he, the role that he was given maybe because yeah. he was always part of the horseman and I think that was it too I think because he was like he was relegated to this like the enforcer right which you know as we know in this business is, is a silent you know shut up and do a couple cool things here and there but he always kind of transcended the role some, somehow some way and, and yeah. got over regardless so I don't know maybe I could pick that up when I was younger but he was somebody who resonated with me um, I think I think I liked Ricky Steamboat just for cultural purposes for some reason you just thought he was like Polynesian from the just, islands yeah. but the other thing I could never understand too which is funny as Samoan is just like all Samoans and or Polynesian wrestlers always had some like form of martial arts skill <laughs> so I remember as a kid that was kind of like when I started doing judo it was just like you know <laughs> the small SWAT teams out there throwing cross chops and stuff. I better learn how to get some martial arts here. Yeah. Up my game. Well, and you're also a rare Samoan that's not related to any other Samoans. Yeah, real rare. You're like the only one. I think I am now. Here, I am definitely. That's weird. Yeah, but it's cool. They've uh, the the families definitely embrace me. I, you know, I, saw, I see. Uh, I've, I've been off a, a, a few times, and he's always awesome. You know, like it's always good to see pops and <laughs> and Sika. Sika's Sika's hilarious. Like he's okay. he reminds me a lot of my uncles. And uh, it was funny at the Hall of Fame, we were sitting kind of like middle row and just you know for for the whole thing. And then uh, Atsumi Via like comes over. She's like, "Oh no no, come sit over here, come sit over here." And like you're not gonna say no. So that's Rock's mom. Yeah. yeah. So then you end up like we end up like front row and like you know sitting there and it's like Rome's like four seats down from us and it's just like, "Oh hey, what's up?" And then and then the only thing I could think of is like, "Oh man, I bet people are watching this right now." Is like, "Man, they're racist. They put all the Samoans in one row. Like you got to keep them all together." It's like. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, too, because everyone claims to be related. I, I remember uh, we went to Germany, uh, and uh, Nia Jax was there, and I had a couple of drinks. I was yeah. on her face. Going, you are not related to The Rock. She's like, no, I really am. <laughs> no, she, like, she, like, she really is. Yeah. But I was like, no, you guys all say that you're related. You're not related. She goes, I'm telling you, I really am. And then she told me the whole lineage. She's like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call him right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so but, but for, for your whole career, I mean, the, the WrestleMania is, is the peak yeah. for, for a performer. Was, was it hard for you to be there and not be on the show absolutely yeah I, well, and like you know i think there was ideas throughout the day whatever but um trying to get that running yeah, money yeah you know the deal <laughs> uh but uh yeah it, you know like i said it's like sitting at the super bowl and watching it being played and right you're like oh i can't play because <laughs> no one wants here. you no one picked you oh, nobody picked me. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, getting a chance to not okay so so you're not on the show but you're getting a chance to kind of see the whole yeah. machine at work how was that after being in the business for so long um i think it it gave me a kind of a greater appreciation for how much production and how much like planning goes into something like a wrestlemania because mm-hmm. i and I, I think it's something that's kind of underscored a lot because like when you talk about 
especially WWE, especially WWE, the efforts and the things that they do to make us look cool uh, kind of go above and beyond. I mean, that ramp was unbelievable. That, that's inconceivable in any other. Like, I, you can't name me a concert, and I've been to a lot of like, like really highly produced, like crazy concerts, and I a lot of them pale in comparison to what went down to WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, from a technical standpoint, from how much production, how the lighting rigs, the the ramp, the pyro. I mean, there's not there's not a rock show in the world. I mean, I I dare say, you know, Kiss doesn't put on that much production not like that not like that you know yeah. so it's like you get you get this crazy appreciation especially during the week about how much goes into the planning of it how much goes into the execution of it getting a whole city to be about an event is a lot harder than you think it is mm-hmm. and they do it every year so i mean it's like this is uh, this is probably my third wrestlemania where i've kind of been around the environment you oh, know really obviously. well because like last year NXT. with nxt but even the year before that when i was kind of signing i was in talks so i was invited to a few meetings and i was in and around the area and uh so i got to, so i get to see it from kind of like like all views from the outs from the outside from the inside and from you know being behind the scenes and it's uh it's 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 a pretty incredible effort it's one of those things like we, we don't even realize it too. Like I saw some pictures back from from my entrance, mm-hmm. and I posted one on Instagram this week, and I called it like Skittles Jericho because there's so many colors. Yeah. On this stage, because like you said, we walk out and the ramp is you know whatever it was, yeah. 500 feet long. It's ridiculous. But when you get out there and you see the shot behind, well, there's suddenly there's green and yellow sign, and there's a red roller coaster, and there's a, a gray you giant list. You, you, uh, you walking down the ramp, you can't take it all in. No, you can't. It's impossible. It's you just, don't it's even know too, what's yeah, going to yeah. be there. You know, and then you see it back, like you and said, then the giant ring on top of the thing that what? you don't know what it's doing. I didn't you know? even know that yeah, was even there. I didn't there. even know there was a giant ring up there until like <laughs> later on in the program. I'm like, oh, there's a giant ring up on the top of the <laughs> rig. Oh, that's cool. You know, <laughs> but let's talk about, about you mentioned about the, the 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 marketing of Samoa Joe. Even your music mm-hmm. is that something that was just given to you? Did you have any input in that? So the original music was like I I kind of thrown out some samples and some ideas, and they came back with this original music based on what? Like what kind of ideas did you have? What you know, you pretty much. You know, I, I remember it was Hunter kind of called me as like, Can you just give me some ideas, some genres, and some stuff like that you dig, and and we'll work from there. So I I kind of told him some of my past themes. So one of them was Faith No More and Booyah Try was another body murdered from, you know, some soundtrack. And then another one was uh, Mama Said Knock You Out by LL Cool J. And, you know, I, I just kind of gave him all these things and said, well, you know, work with that. And uh, so they come up with this music and uh, I get to my NXT debut and he lets me listen to it probably a couple hours before the show. And I'm like... Yeah, I guess, you know, like, cause you know, and, and I'm used to, I'm used to music needing like a lot of production, you know, just from people I know in the business and everything. So it's like, yeah, we're just going to run with it. Cause I mean, we're debuting and I, yeah, it's great. You know, mm-hmm. once again, let's just get the job done type of right, deal. Right, right. And, but when I heard the music, I was like, ah, you know, we, afterwards I'm like, I don't really dig it. I don't really dig it. And I remember Hunter came and he's like, you don't really dig your music. I'm like, no, I don't. You know, and then he goes, mm-hmm. okay, give me, give me a sample of what you want. So I, I gave him a few samples and one of them was, uh, uh, Feral Monch's uh, a, a Feral Monch track that I had the Simon Feral Monch Feral Monch it's, it's called Simon Says and it's just real heavy and I used to use the intro all the time it was it was basically the old Toho Godzilla intro slowed down ah and then uh, they looped it in this so I kind of gave them that and then he and then I remember CFO 
probably within a couple of days had like, oh, this is perfect. And then next thing I know, like they had the the new truck out. What a great call! Like yeah. I, I was thinking, was this, at first it sounds like a like a cruise ship leaving the dock, or is it yeah. a big giant tuba? But it, yeah. no, that's totally it. The Godzilla. It's it's literally that. Just you know mixed out a little bit and then redone so what a great co- where did you get that idea from are you a big fan of those movies or something or? oh I lo- yeah i love god well i love godzilla movies and then the first time i heard that that track and this was well i don't know i think it came out in like 90 something or other um i love the track and i wanted to use it the problem was the vocals were just horrible for a wrestling show like an, an indie wrestling show like because i didn't just work like the hardcore crazy and he's like you know I'd, every once in a while i'd have like some family in Indiana, and then the chorus is like, you know, get the fuck up, oh and it's God. like <laughs> Simon says, get the fuck up, throw you. It's just like, oh man, you know, like can't it, be using that. that doesn't really resonate well with the kids in the family, so. <laughs> right? Yeah, the Elks Lodge wasn't really about that one, so, <laughs> uh, so I could never really use it. But uh, it was funny; I ended up using the intro, mixed into a bunch of themes that I did have later on. What's your favorite uh, Godzilla version movie? Uh, I think my my all time it's probably the second godzilla versus mecha godzilla so i'm going, more of a mecha godzilla guy to be honest like wow. robot godzilla was was like i always thought he was way cool again. which is what that's like late 60s early 70s oh, yeah, era yeah, right because right. i was like like it was funny it would be like like saturdays it would be like pro wrestling during the day be superstars and then sunday sunday evening it would either be like like kung fu theater or like godzilla <laughs> flicks did you ever used to watch uh, Ultraman? Oh yeah, Ultraman with the whole deal. Yeah, because they would use a lot of those type of creatures. Yeah, like yeah Ultraman, yeah, yeah. Total, total like knockoff. Kind of like a Power Rangers type yeah. thing. Then there was like Gamera, which was like the knockoff nuclear turtle Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. there's Mothra. Yeah, Mo- yeah, <laughs> giant moth immortalized in the famous Canadian heavy metal band Anvil's song Mothra <laughs> of the same name. <laughs> I remember I popped huge the first time I went to FMW and they had Ultraman. There was a Mexican yeah. guy who's now. Who was actually Ultraman. Yeah. Yes, he's now Damien six six six, but he was Ultraman. I was like, oh my gosh, I used to watch Ultraman. <laughs> Tell me, he gets bigger than yeah. the match. Godzilla's one of those things. Every couple of years, they try and make a new one. Yeah, a major uh, motion picture, major budget one. Kind of missed the mark a lot of times. Yeah. Well, it's know? a tough. It's a tough. It, I think it's because the newer incarnations they tried to make it something that it wasn't, and got and like Godzilla movies aren't really about. Like the interplay in the stories, it's about a giant monster kicking over a city. Right. I mean, you don't go there to see like oh, what is the emotional impact on the residents of Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't care. Keep running. Like what, you know, what, like, what does Matthew Broderick think? Yeah. About yeah. All this? <laughs> oh, what science is behind this crazy <laughs> nuclear lizard? But that's another thing too is the fact that in, in perfect tradition, I say this about wrestling all the time. Mm-hmm. The greatest heels always turn baby face because they're yeah. so cool yeah and godzilla is another perfect example of that yeah, where he's because he started out a heel he started out big as like, time well, heel. The, the ultimate yeah he destroys tokyo yeah. and he was i mean he was a real political animal when you think about it because it was like he was a protest against the nuclear bombs and and, and in, the, in like yeah. the 50s yeah it was a very anti-western sentiment like godzilla was a very representatory of like america and what they did how they ravaged japan with their yeah, yeah, yeah. bombs and their culture and uh and then like he was so cool that he actually did he turned it back around and he was the great savior of japan and like defender a, of the right and, and then they have to find other monsters to fight him yeah of course yeah now they got to find other heel monsters <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I, i'm sure you're one of the few guys that when you hear the uh french metal band gojira yeah, Gojira. You know yeah, what exactly it means, what right? About. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, what is kind of a name is that? Well, it's actually the original pronunciation yeah. of Godzilla in the uh, Tokyo Toho films. Yeah. 
<laughs> nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Just a few more questions. Uh, I was going to ask you before when when you're doing NXT and you're doing TNA and Ring of Honor and all these places, what's the difference in people recognizing you after being on WWE TV for a week, two weeks, a month? It's uh, I will say this, and like in in like around where I live, it, it was you know it's a, you know you you know the deal. It's like you kind of in your cir- same circles, those people know you. They right. Go, hey, there you are. But I I definitely notice as we travel more, it's 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 uh, it's hard to go anywhere without being like, hey, what's up? You can't hide. You anymore. can't you can't walk streets anymore without having like a photo session. Or get anymore. to the airport. I always love the mobs of fans at the airport. Like, how do you know? That, seriously, there needs to be inve- like we yeah. need to do a documentary and like <laughs> tag along to these guys. Go. I want to know how you guys know where we're gonna be. That's a great. Yeah, that's a good yeah. call. Because if I if I had let's say I had to pick you up, yeah. right? And I didn't know your flight. And if I called Delta and said, hey, my friend Joe's coming in, you know, from Tampa. Yeah. Uh, w- what time is his flight landing? What number is it? There's no way they would give it to me. No. That's against the rules, yeah. sir. That's against and the like, law. And like we know each other. Right, exactly. But these guys. Somehow. Somehow, some way. Every time, know exactly no matter where, where it's like, like, for, like we're in Providence. And Providence has an airport. And and somehow, some way, somebody knew that I was flying into Boston. And they were there and to meet us. And it's like. like how do you know this? I've been yeah. on flights that have been canceled that I changed myself because I was too uh, hung over to make it. I, I there's Actually, that was, that was what was scary to me was I think, uh, I think probably after my third week here, I had to change a flight. And I came in at night because I, I was, had some stuff to do. And I get in eight o'clock at night, going for sure. I'm not on the same flight as everybody else, so I know it's going to work out. And lo and behold, there was two guys sitting there with me <laughs> with action figures at like eight thirty at night. And I'm just how like, "How do you do this?" So if you're listening, somebody tweet me at Talk Is Jericho yeah. and let us know how do you find this out. You yeah. don't have to give your name. Yeah, we just want to know what. We just we're not trying to shut down the networks. We just want to know how the <laughs> yeah, whole thing. Do you know works. somebody there or something? Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, uh, 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 question out of the blue: What's your favorite thing to eat at Burger Twenty One? <laughs> I go to Burger Twenty One with my daughters. Yeah. We're going to the Daddy Daughter Dance, and the guy's like, "Do you need anything else?" I'm like, "I'll have some napkins." And I hear this voice go, "I want some napkins too." <laughs> and I look over, and it's like, "Who's this son of a- hey, Joe?" Hey, yeah. I like I- you did turn around very very stern, like, <laughs> "Who's this son of a bitch trying to get over?" <laughs> yeah. I'm over here with my daughter. Oh, hey man, what's up? How you doing? It's good to see you. Right, That's a great place, though. Yeah, it is. Shout out to Burger Twenty One in yeah, Tampa, good. Florida. Chef uh, Chef Run Joint, L- local local lo- run. There's local a couple spot. of them in Tampa. I think yeah, they have yeah, a, a few, but. I'm always the OMG gluten free, gluten free, ketchup and bacon only. Dude, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of the salmon burger there. Ooh, yeah. I, normally, I'm not a big like like if I like fish, I like just fish on its own. All right, processed into a patty. But he actually does a pretty good, awesome job with it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's the Samoa Joe order. Um, do you think that uh, in the cards here at some point or not? Do you think would you like to have a match against Brock Lesnar? Absolutely. I think that'd be a great match. I think. I, I, and I and I and I've, I've stated a lot, you know, and. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's something the fans want to see, and, and I definitely, I, I'd love to get into it with Brock. When you're looking with legit, like, that's the thing, like, you, you, you've just basically started here, you know, a couple months ago. One of the things I loved, like I said, you were my favorite wrestler in TNA when you were doing the pay-per-views. I used to order the pay-per-views just to watch you, was when they were saying Joe is going to kill you, you had that style. You still do, but you was really intense and yeah. you're very believable which is now the same here and not a lot of guys have that style and when you're working with Brock as you know oh he's very intense it has to be believable uh, it's got to be believable you know and I, I think that's part of it too I mean uh, I've, I've, I've had the really great fortune of working with some really legendary talent in my time Kawashi Masawa Angle wow you worked with Masawa I did uh, one of the one of the few in singles at the main event of Budokan was it the, all Japan no it was, uh, Noah 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 okay yeah. you worked Noah 
and uh, like and these are you know these are guys who you know go in there and they try to tear your head off mm-hmm. uh, you know no matter what you want to say about what we do uh, no these guys are for real you know, yeah they, they, angle they, too absolutely yeah, and uh, I think Brock is is very much akin to those people and I mm-hmm. think it's just it's something that I think uh, I could we could get in that get in that ring and make some really really make awesome some magic. make some money yeah, yeah. So, talking to you I've never had the opportunity to ask somebody this between Kobashi and Misawa who are critically acclaimed as two of the greatest of all time mm-hmm. which one did you like working with can, and can you choose which one you like better uh, I, I definitely would say Kobashi um, wow Masawa, I mean, Masawa is, is a force unto his own, and uh, I could see why. Kobashi had this ability, though, to kind of, like, draw emotion out of a crowd. Hmm. Where, like, uh, his facials, right? Yeah, and just and everything he did, it just looked like, like when, he was, when he was underneath, he looked like he was... Uh, he looked like he was just being flayed alive out there, and then he could just he could just like really pull and pull and pull and and and, and get the crowd behind him. Masawa, uh, Masawa is very stoic. Yes, and uh, he's kind of like he's more of a straight man to that. You know what I mean? Like he just played a different role, and and and. Uh, they're both awesome, but I mean, of the two, I'd probably say Kobashi. Mm, absolutely, yeah, I can see that. Like you said, there was much more of, of, a, of a facial game there yeah. with him. You know, last question: What was your favorite match you had in NXT? You know, I think it was the Mania match with Ferg where I got busted open uh, in Texas. The before Mania or the yeah, yeah takeover was, yeah, takeover for Mania. Wow. Uh, or Finn, excuse me. Yeah, you did get what, what happened there. It just was a just a happenstance thing. Just a you know. A quick little collision and just he rubbed and and just you know caught me just right i think it was i think it might have been like even head on head like but he just like just got me just right and sliced me it was because everything got thrown into disarray after that were you knocked out or no not at all why was it thrown into disarray just because the the blood and and and, oh yeah trainers coming down and stopping and you know like and and everything kind of changed but it just it created this really crazy like rabid like like we talked about earlier something that wasn't it was just this chaos, it, 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 was, it was this yeah it was this kind of like uh this chaos that you can't really describe that just put the crowd on edge and 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 you know what i mean like it, it I, I don't i guess i don't look at it from a technical standpoint just from the reactions and what happened and all the backstory and i mean there's stuff that people don't even know about that happened in that match you know because like when i'm busted open you know of course in the back you know they're like you know we got to get you closed up we got to get you closed up um uh, just company edict, you know. Yeah, when you get cut open, they they want you to stop the match, and yeah. a trainer will come in and try and stop the bleeding. And uh, you know, I'm I'm hearing the ref telling me this, and then uh, I think we went to another thing, and and we had worked it out, and and I, I had hip toss Fergal, and he went over the barricade, and and I and this is after I'm, so I'm already busted open bleeding, and and uh, I go and I hip toss Finn over the barricade, and uh, I look, and on the edge of the row is. Stephanie, Linda, and the kids. I busted open. I've almost thrown Finn uh, onto the McMahon family. Uh, Getting in the back, and I'm just like, oh, great. So at that point, like, I realized, like, all right, well, uh, you know, we can't do much worse than that. Let's get it going. So we just just got all bets off, and we just kind of went through and and kept going and and got the match. I remember I walked in the back, and I started apologizing profusely because there's Hunter at the monitor, and Vince is right behind him, and I'm like, I'm really sorry, you know. I, you got to know that this wasn't intentional. This yeah, was yeah. 
total accident. I, I didn't mean to, you know, and, oh, it's all right, it's all right. And they're, oh, it's, it's fine, it's, you know, good stuff. And, like, at the whole time, I'm sitting there going, yeah, Linda's going to come back there. He almost killed us, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> After all the shit she's been through yeah, this company, yeah, yeah. I think that wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you actually have to stop the bleeding? Did, did we, got it, we got it decently stopped. So, God. I mean, at some point. But there was a bunch of stoppages in the match. and But then the crowd were pissed because, and then, you know, of course, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm pushing off the trainer. But at the same time, like, you know. That's the rule, man. You can't yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then the, the the trainer to his credit, it was hilarious because he walked up to me afterwards after he's sewing me up, and he goes, "Hey man, I just really want to thank you for you know not being too crazy out there." And I'm like, "Oh, of course, man. You know, I, you know, <laughs> hey, you're just trying to help me. I'm trying yeah, to do your yeah. job. I understand." That. He goes. Yeah, man, because the last time I had to seal somebody up, it was Brock, and he threw me damn near half across the arena. <laughs> so I guess they told him he's never worked with me, never ta- spoken with me, anything. So, you know, he's he's running down to ringside, the dock, and he's like, you know, he's like, this guy looks like a psycho. Like, what's going to go on out there? And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, so then, you know, I'm, I'm brushing him off and pushing him off, and under my breath, I'm like, yeah, give me a second, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but uh, at the same time, he's like waiting for any moment for me to like punch him in the face and like <laughs> whip him over the guardrail. And uh, yeah, he's just like, I was, he goes, I got to admit, I, when I was running out there, I was really, really nervous. You were just going to murder me out there. <laughs> <laughs> too, yeah, he's too laid back, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, thanks, uh, Joe, for doing this. And uh, no thanks to the son of a bitch, that son of security a bitch. guy, that mother at the flower. top of the damn railing here in uh, in Champagne Online. If we see him, oh, I'm going to really. say something to him. I'm going to go buy him. A, I'm going to go buy him a carton, like a big pack of smokes. Maybe he'll finish himself <laughs> off. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> got a pending court case? Don't spend your money on fancy lawyers. Come on downtown and eat a bowl of wild Jimmy's forget me chili. It's scientifically proven by scientists that filling your tum tum with the meat chunks will put you into an untestifiable food coma. Hearing before Congress, I'd like to see them ask you a question while you're moving slow on my chili con carne. Hell, maybe it's a grand jury asking you about why you used recalled meat. A friend told me that happens. Where there's nothing grander than my chili verde with shredded venison to make all those memories of cutting calls versus public safety go out the window if you were or were not complicit in those things. In fact, there's only two things I'm sure of. One, my chili's delicious. And two, it's so good you'll get to keep your children. Want to know more about it? You can check out the Team Tiger Awesome Show right here on the Jericho Network. Podcast One. Leave it to Team Tiger Awesome, those whack jobs, to come up with a food product guaranteed to keep you out of court. Yeah, chili that puts you in a food coma so you don't have to testify or see a judge. I want some of that. So for more laughs like that from those guys, uh, very talented, very funny, please check out the Team Tiger Awesome show every Sunday on the Jericho Network. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Leave them all a five-star rating and review. And also go check out the rest of the shows in the Jericho Network. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. He's got a great plethora of guests. Say Richard Marks this week of all people it was a really good show check it out and don't forget about the raven effect raven is getting into his own if you haven't checked out the raven show or if you checked it out when it first started go listen now it is absolutely hilarious raven is off his rocker and he's really getting in depth uh telling in-depth stories about the the origin of raven his entire wrestling career it's definitely worth a listen as well as killing the town with storm and cyrus every tuesday beyond the darkness monday through friday scaring the pants off you and of course our flagship show keeping it 100 with conan every 
Thursday. And remember, we're just a few weeks away from the kickoff of the Fozzie Judas Rising Tour. King and Sons of Texas are coming along for uh, most of the dates. You can get the tickets at FozzieRock.com, as well as all the VIP meet-and-greet tickets. We have the best VIP uh, program in the business. You get to see a, a private sound check, make some requests, sing with the band, meet the band, meet me, get pictures, get autographs, do whatever the hell you want to do. And it all starts May 5th in Virginia Beach at the Lunatic Luau, 6th, The Revival in Canton, Georgia, 7, Carolina Rebellion, 9, The Concourse in Knoxville, 10, Trixie's in Louisville, 11, The Rave in Milwaukee, 12, The Green Bay Distillery in Green Bay, 14, Northern Invasion, uh, 16, A Diesel Club in Pittsburgh, 17, Chameleon Club in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, 18, 89 North in Pajog, New York, 19, House of Independence, Asbury Park, New Jersey, The Blue Fox in Winchester on the 20th, Machine Shop uh, in Flint on the 23rd, also there's uh, Morgantown, Virginia on the 21st at the main stage, 24, is the Forge in Joliet, 25 Fubar in St. Louis, 26 Rocklahoma, 27 River City Rock Fest in San Antonio, 28 BFD in Dallas at the Star Pavilion. It's going to be a huge tour. Come and check us out, fozzyrock.com for all ticket info. Then we're headed across the pond to do the Download Festival with Aerosmith on June 11th. I'm going to be hosting the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Awards on June 12th at the O2 Arena in London. A uh, couple tickets left for the uh, show at uh, Crawford Arms in Milton Keynes on the 13th. Maybe a possible surprise gig on the 14th and of course there's a few tickets left as well to the words of jericho live shows in ireland june 7th uh in uh in belfast and june 8th in dublin so go to ticketmaster.ie to grab one of the few remaining tickets for the dublin show the belfast show sold out so that's all of my shilling my shameless plugs are over i want to say thank you to all the great talk is jericho sponsors you can find them all at podcast1.com just click on the killer deals button at the top of the page then hit that talk is jericho button thanks to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, where you get 20% off the DDP Yoga app, all DDPY merch, Saks.com, go to SaksUnderwear.com slash Jericho, get 20% off your first underwear pouches. Thank you so much. Don't forget about Geico. Don't forget about True Car. And don't forget about listening to the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next and coming up Friday. Method Man. One of the biggest selling rappers of all time with the Wu-Tang Clan. He's a great guy. He's a big Chris Jericho fan. And he's a he's a tremendous host for the new show on TBS called Drop the Mic, which is where I met him. I went to his house in Staten Island. We talked all things Wu-Tang, all things Method Man. Talked about all of his acting gigs. Talked about Biggie Smalls and Tupac and West Coast versus East Coast, etc., etc. Do not miss the Method Man. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. We will see you on Friday. And here's a big yeah boy you can download new episodes of talk is jericho every wednesday and friday at podcast1.com that's podcast one.com